Well, before we get in our study this morning, there was a song I heard on Christian radio. The words really got to me, and I wanted to share those before we look at God's Word at our study this morning to encourage everybody that we value the time we have here on this earth. I just got a email from a friend. I've had a close brother for 28 years, lives in Colorado, where we moved from, where we moved from 21 years ago, and we still keep in touch every month and pray for each other and such. And I don't know the words to this song. It's entitled Scars in Heaven. Maybe you've heard it. It's a new song put out by Casting Crowns, but the words, I hope they're an encouragement for us to value the time we have here with our brothers and sisters here on this earth. Pastor Steve mentioned, you know, some of those who have passed away in our congregation. Sometimes you look out and I'm looking for somebody and they're not there anymore. But I hope this is an encouragement to you. If I had only known the last time would be the last time, I would have put off all the things I had to do. I would have stayed a little longer, held on a little tighter. Now what I'd give for one more day with you. Because there's a wound here in my heart where something's missing, and they tell me that it's going to heal with time. But I know you're in a place where all your wounds have been erased. And knowing yours are healed is healing mine. The only scars in heaven, they won't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken, and all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as the tears fall down, is that the only scars in heaven are on the hands that hold you now. I know the road you walked was anything but easy. You picked up your share of scars along the way. Oh, but now you're standing in the sun. You fought your fight and your race is run. The pain is all a million miles away. And again, the only scars in heaven, they won't belong to me and you. There'll be no such thing as broken and all the old will be made new. And the thought that makes me smile now, even as the tears fall down is the only scars in heaven, yeah, are on the hands that hold you now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thought, wow, very powerful, very good reminder. One thing we all have in common is that on a regular basis, how many of us get hungry? Okay. Most of the time we satisfy that hunger with a homemade meal, meatloaf, chicken, macaroni and cheese. Other times on special occasions we stop by Chick-fil-A for those waffle fries and chicken sandwiches. Or this past Thursday on Veterans Day, being able to pick out places that honor with meals, uh, hard to pick. There's so many different places to get almost too full enjoying uh, the generosity that some of these places uh, offer. But the bottom line is when we're hungry, we find something to eat as soon as possible. Well, spiritually, we should hunger as well. 
This hunger is described in detail in Psalm 119. It's a constant spiritual hunger we should have for God's Word. We hunger for God's Word. When we wake up in the morning, are we focused on God and His Word? Are one of the endless distractors the world throws at us? Now the latest, uh, the ongoing uh, pandemic is... There's a shortage of food. I don't know if you ever notice. I go to the grocery store. I got in the habit when I was in the military. I kind of keep doing it. And I notice like a Publix and Walmart, a lot of empty shelves. And so the world says, oh, we got a panic. Well, we know who's going to take care of us, don't we? On a daily basis. And we don't need to worry about those things. God will provide as he has promised in his word. But as we look at everything around us, does that give us more of a hunger for God's Word? Join me in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're only going to look at the first three verses. But here in these three verses we find five actions we need to take so that we will hunger more for God's Word on a daily basis. 1 Peter chapter 2 beginning at verse 1. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Let's uh, bow in a word of prayer before we look at these uh, five actions that we need to take. Father God, we thank you again for the freedoms we enjoy in America. May we never take them for granted. The freedom to open your word this morning. Not only open it, but to read it, to study it, to meditate upon it, and allow your Holy Spirit to apply it to our daily lives. And Father, we know too often we set aside your word. We don't study it on a daily basis. We don't take time to learn more about how great you are, that you're a holy God, that you provided through Jesus Christ a way that we could be saved. Father, that you chose us, that you saved us, you sustain us. May we never take it for granted. May we be thankful as we approach thanksgiving, most of all, for salvation. I pray, Father, as we look at these five actions we need to take to hunger more for your word, may we apply it through your Holy Spirit. May we live by it on a daily basis. And we're just excited what you will do through your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we look at these five actions we need to examine the context of what is being talked about here in 1 Peter 2. Beginning at, back in 1 Peter chapter 1, 13, through chapter 2, verse 12, we're learning how to be set apart, being sanctified as believers. We're not of the world. We're in this world, but we're not of the world anymore as believers. Salvation changes our focus from ourself to our Savior, and our lives strive for holiness, loving one another, 
in the body of Christ, offering up spiritual sacrifices, stopping things that dishonor God in our lives with the Holy Spirit's strength. In the midst of being sanctified, we will begin to hunger for God's Word. If we are saved, we will have that hunger. John 8 tells us, If you continue in my word, you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Job echoed this hunger in Job 23.12, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So now we get to the five actions we need to take that will spur us to hunger more for God's word. The first action to spur us to hunger for God's word is we need to remember our salvation. The first word of chapter 2, verse 1, it says, therefore. So what is therefore referring to? Well, it goes back to chapter 1, beginning of verse 23. And let's turn back a page. It says, For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. Are we thankful for salvation? Are we thankful to be saved? That we're not on the broad road that leads to destruction, but we're on the narrow road that leads to eternal life. Every day we need to be thankful for that. John MacArthur shares, this is a reminder to Peter's readers to remember that saving power of God's word in their lives as a basis for ongoing commitment to Scripture as the only power to live the Christian life. A reminder of the song we sing in church from time to time is called Jesus, Thank You. And here's what it says. And we sing these words and sometimes I know I think about the words, sometimes I don't. But I think it's good because singing to the Lord is part of our worship. Here's what it says. The mystery of the cross I cannot comprehend. The agonies of Calvary. You, the perfect Holy One, crushed your Son who drank the bitter cup reserved for me. Your blood has washed away my sin. Jesus, thank you. The Father's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus, thank you. We're at God's table. We're adopted sons and daughters, eternal God. Every day, we need to remember that. And we need to, even as we sing these, these songs and hymns and in church, we need to be reminded of that. Scriptural reminders, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Romans 15.4 For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we may through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. When everything else is failing, where do we go? We go to God's word and we know God will keep his word. The saving power of God's word should never be underestimated. The word is our power to be set apart from this world and to serve our Lord and Savior every day that he gives us. An inmate serving time in Nashville wrote this. It's entitled, My Precious Holy Bible. His name is Art. I praise God for even in this world in which we live today, I am at least allowed to have my Bible. My precious holy Bible is my lifeline to the old ship of Zion, my well-beaten pathway into the Lion of Judah, my bright morning star in the arms of the Lamb of God, a meadow of plenty in my lily of the valley. My precious holy Bible is my comfort while incarcerated in a cold, lonely prison cell, a light that never flickers in a minefield of darkness. My Bible is my guide to the King of kings and Lord of lords. I cherish my precious holy Bible both day and night. I sleep with it gently cradled in my arms. I must know it in my head so I can stow it in my heart. For only then can I show it in my life and sow it in the world. Powerful reminder. I know often we have multi-Bibles. Do we cling to those every day as our lifeline to get through another day? Some days, do you ever have a day that doesn't seem to end? Or it seems like a week into one day? God knows that. And through his word, he provides comfort. He provides promises. And he says, get into my word. I'm here with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Luke 11:28 tells us, But Jesus said more than that, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Proverbs 30, verse 5, Every word of God is pure, He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. God's got the shield up for us. Sometimes we can't hold that shield of faith, but God gives us the faith to hold it up. Amen. God's word never diminishes working in our lives. It keeps on keeping on. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God doesn't quit on us. God never quits on us, and I praise the Lord for that. He doesn't say we come to him too often in prayer. He never says, I'm done with you. I've done all I can do. I'm giving up on you. He's always there with us every day. How much are we allowing God's word to sanctify and set us apart so our lives can bring honor and glory to God. We need to ask that question. 
So the first action is salvation. The second action to drive us to hunger more for God's word is eliminate our sins. Eliminate our sins. It says putting aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Laying aside means speaking of stripping off soil garments. Make it complete about face. We should hate sin as God hates sin, as we are new creatures as believers. One commentator, former dean of Capitol Seminary, shares, having put away from yourselves all baseness, must be emphasized, for without this decisive break with the past, it would be useless for Peter to urge his readers to nourish themselves with the word. One inmate shared this, he wrote this, no longer a slave to sin. While passing through this wicked world, I've been a slave to sin. I've trod across the blood of Christ time and time again. I've walked in pride and thought that I would make it on my own, but now I've read the word of God and trust in Christ alone. Alone by faith he saved my soul. Alone he set me free. Alone he paid the price and paid it just for me. Alone he put me in his book, adopted by the king. And one sweet day he'll call me up. In glory I will sing. Sing about his precious blood and sing about his grace. Sing about the mansions high he's built for me a place. Sing about the streets of gold and gates of pearls so bright. And sing about the days ahead without the fear of night. Sing about the fellowship with all the saints above. And sing about our lovely life with those we need and love. Yes, need and love from up above. Where never will I be a slave to sin or lost again. That's not the life for me. Hope. I think I could hear a lot of hope being shared there. James 1.21 remind us, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So as we go through this list of eliminating our sins, We need to note how often the word all is used. The first one in this list, it says, putting aside all malice. Malice is that desire to hurt someone. The idea of causing trouble. It's used in Colossians 3.8 and Titus 3.3. It includes revenge while being mistreated at work. It includes road rage. Driving on 19. Hurtful labeling of people. Name calling. Can you think of anything else that might be included under malice? Getting into the politics, getting into the government, getting into... Who's the one that puts people in their place of authority? God does. And I know when Daniel, when he was taken captive, he served wicked men there. But what did he do? Kept doing three times a day. 
Praying to who? You think God knew about Daniel's situation? Did he use him anyway? Just like he uses us. And things are, uh, has been shared from the pulpit many times by Steve and Joe and everyone else. Things are going to get worse in America. We've enjoyed so much here. We've been so blessed as a nation. But God may be saying, now it's time for some persecution because I want to get the dross uh, out of the gold. We need to turn the heat up a little bit. And that's where our faith will be tested. But is God going to desert us? No. I've heard it said, and I believe it's true, the darker it gets, the more the light shines. So we need to remember that as well. It says, eliminate and put away next. It says, all deceit. Deceit is talking about craftiness, dishonesty. We never see that around. Falsehood, cunning, to catch with bait. We're to do the opposite. We're to be above board as believers. Matthew 5.37 says, But let your yes be yes and your no, no. Mean what you say. We're to practice a lost character adjective called integrity. How would you define integrity? Anybody have an idea? Anybody ever heard of that word? Doing what's right when nobody else is looking. Okay, doing what's right when no one else is looking because who is looking? God's always looking. There's no place. Psalm 139 reminds us there's no place we can get away from God. He sees all. And so integrity, that's not an easy thing to do, but with God's help... We're going to stand out if we try to practice integrity with God's help because most of the world does not. Because who are they following? Who's leading them? God? Satan is. And our sinful ways that we practice all those things that are against God's holiness. Warren Worsby shares, Guile is craftiness using devious words and actions to get what we want. That sounds like manipulation. And we never see that in our world, do we? Ever watch commercials? Anybody ever watch a commercial that kind of was leading you on and pretty soon you're saying, wow, that that makes sense. I must admit, there was a uh, commercial and my family knows about it. Taco Bell had this special thing on there and I got pulled into it, and I went and got one of those, and it wasn't quite what it showed on the commercial, but I got pulled in. we got to be careful about that because uh, we can uh, get into all kinds of challenges in our lives. (laughs) Thirdly, we're to eliminate, it says, hypocrisy, all hypocrisy in our lives. That means defamation or speaking against others that runs them down. It's any behavior that is not genuine or consistent with what one really believes or says he believes. We're not to hide behind a mask. As believers, we're to be an open book, easy to read. Because we must remember we're always an open book to God. It includes, oh, this is, I have this in my notes. It includes the area of politics and government. 
And I know I have to watch myself in that as well. Because sometimes we can get kind of fired up when we see certain, certain things going on. And fourth in this list of eliminating sin, we're to turn away from envy. Having an attitude of resenting someone else's prosperity that can lead to bitterness and grudges. We see somebody has something and we say, well, I'd like to have that. So we are envious. God says we need to eliminate that. Everything on this earth, there'll be no U-Hauls in heaven. I hate to say it, but there will be none of that up there. Because everything here is going to what? Someday burn up. But everything that we do that has an eternal value will be in heaven. And God says, I will reward you for that. And then finally, fifth, we're to eliminate all slander, evil speaking, whispers about someone to put them down, gossip and backbiting. And Paul directs that to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12, 20, For I fear lest when I come I shall find, shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, backbiting, whispering, conceit, tumults. This kind of list of sins that we see here in verse 1 should no longer dominate our lives as a believer. But they need to be eliminated because God has given us victory over sin. But we must ask the Holy Spirit to work it in our lives. Every closet door must be open to the Lord. Third action to help us hunger more for God's Word is that we need to admit our need for the Word of God. Admit our need for the Word of God. Verse 2, Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the Word. Long for speaks of a command that we as Christians should strongly desire, crave intensely like a newborn baby, craving milk so much that what? If a baby doesn't get it, what happens? They're just real quiet and mellow. Say, well, maybe later. They scream for it. Well, we need to be screaming for God's Word in our lives. Warren Worsby shares this, the prerequisite to the act of intensely yearning for the Word of God is the act of putting all sin out of our lives. Sin is to destroy our appetite for the Word and we must not let it. The pure milk of the Word is believers were to hunger and thirst for that every day. God's Word is clean and pure Psalm 19, verse 8 tells us, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And verse 140, Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. Do we love God's word? When it speaks to us, who's that speaking to us? The Holy Spirit. Is working in our lives and convicting us 
And we need that deep desire for the Word. We should crave it so we can grow. Just like a baby needs milk to grow physically. Acts 17.11 says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness and searched the Scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. When we hear something shared, do we check it out with the Word? And if we don't, why don't we? Jeremiah 15.16 Your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Just like we eat food to have our hunger go away, we need to be feeding on God's word. We should have that desire for God's word daily to feed on it so we can grow. It's essential at Lakeside that God's word is central to all we do because it's our spiritual food and without it we'll become weak. And we won't be able to stand up to everything around us. A fourth action we must take in aiding us to hunger more for the Word of God is pursuing our growth as a believer. Pursuing our growth as a believer. Verse 2 says, Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the Word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. John MacArthur shares, It is by the intake of the truth that the Holy Spirit grows and matures believers. We need to be unhappy with our present spiritual maturity and desire to ingest the Word so we can grow in our walk with the Lord. We need to ask ourselves, Am I happy where I am in my Christian walk? And if not, we need to keep in the Word so the Holy Spirit can change us and grow us from the inside out. We need to ask ourselves, are we showing the fruit of the Spirit? Which include love, that Christ-like love that sacrifices for others. Joy, the deep sense of well-being, knowing all is well between God and ourselves. Peace. Living out Romans 8.28, knowing that we're saved. And it says in Romans 8.28, for we know that some things work out together for good. How much? All. And what is all? 80%? How about 99.9? I hear that on the commercials. Okay, all means all, that's all means. So we need to have that as a part of our lives. Love, joy, peace, and then patience and long-suffering, enduring injuries inflicted by others. We ever get offended? No, we never do, do we? Ever have hurt feelings and say, wow, why did he say that? Or or we take it wrong? Well, we don't do that. Patience and long-suffering. Kindness, that means having a tender concern for other people. When we hear another person has needs, we say, well, join the club. We all do. Or do we say, how can I pray for you? What can I do to help you? That's kindness. Goodness, it's talking about the 
the active kindness toward others. Backing action when we say it. Backing the talk with action. Faithfulness, being loyal and trustworthy. Gentleness, accepting God's dealings with us as good, humble hearts. And self-control, restraining passions as God's adopted children. As Christians, we should have a desire to grow that gives evidence that we're saved. Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do good for his good pleasure. James 1.25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed. Just like we grow physically, I see it in my grandchildren. Every time I see them saying, wow, my granddaughter, my only granddaughter, I'm thinking, man, she's going to be 10 or 11. She just turned 8. I'm thinking, it's like she's grown a foot. And they grow up so fast. Well, we should be growing too spiritually as believers. Feeding on the spiritual nourishment of God's Word will bring that. Are we going to stumble and trip along the way? Absolutely. But they will become less frequent as we grow in our faith. Inmates at Pinellas County Jail told me more than once that feeding on God's Word has saved their lives. When they look to God's Word, they found answers. You know why? Because they're here. Just need to look for them. An example in the Bible was Joseph, who faced lifelong difficult times, yet sought growing in his spiritual walk with God, and he could genuinely look at his brothers and forgive them when he could have had revenge. We all need to examine our personal lives and ask, do I desire time in God's Word so I can grow? There's many opportunities that include reading through the Bible in a year, exposing ourselves to the whole counsel of the Word, prompts growth spiritually as we use it, not once a week, but every day and sometimes many times a day. And then we come now to the fifth and final action to help us hunger more for God's Word. It's in verse 3. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. That fifth and final action, count our blessings. Count our blessings. When God saved us, we were blessed to look forward and we look forward to a future heavenly home. We're adopted into God's family and the Holy Spirit to help us understand and apply God's Word to our lives. We're changed from dead in our sins to alive in Christ. And as we're approaching Thanksgiving, how has God blessed us? Anybody been blessed this year? Yes? Every day. Every day. How? Okay. Every day. Every day. Over here. Someone had something over here. 
Okay, God woke us up, giving us air to breathe. We take that for granted, don't we? Okay, God's creation all around us, reminder of God's creation giving glory and honor to God. Helping others, very important. There's a lot of reminders from Scripture, Psalm 138.3, In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Lamentations 3.22, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 1 John 5.14 Now this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. It talks about here in verse 3, tasted. That's speaking of the blessings we have received after we're saved. It continues throughout all of our time here on this earth. If we're hungering for God's Word, its taste will be the blessings God has graciously extended to us, beginning with salvation. There's the words to this song that we sing in church. It's your grace. You will save whom you will save. We're the lost and helpless ones, the rebels and the renegades who spurned your holy love. You will save whom you will save. Mercy will be magnified. Everyone has gone astray and followed after lies. But you have loved us and opened our eyes. It's your grace from beginning to the end. It's your grace we will never comprehend. Why you drew the ones who ran from you. What can we do but offer you praise? We need to praise God. For his grace. One inmate in Pinellas County Jail shared with me how he learned to thank God for everything. And he said, Chaplain, he said, My current arrest was God showing his grace to me. Because he said, If I'd have been on the streets that night, I'd be dead. And I'd have no chance to know the Lord. He experienced God's grace firsthand and he saved him. So this morning we've studied five actions that we can take to help us hunger more for God's word. Remembering the power of God's word in salvation. Eliminating our sins that have dominated our lives. Admitting our need for God's word. Pursuing our spiritual growth. And finally, counting our blessings, beginning with salvation. The question becomes, are we putting these actions into practice so that we hunger more and more for God's word? And if not, why not? If you haven't started a daily reading through the Bible plan, I encourage you and Rig uh, encouraged us at the beginning of the year, consider it strongly. I use the daily bread, the Bible in a year. Carol uses the daily walk Bible. There's many, many good plans to follow, but do something. Let God's word enrich your life every day. It will help you hunger 
as you get in the Word to hunger more for God's Word. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I don't usually do this, but our heads are bad. If anyone needs prayer in the area of desiring God's Word more and more in their lives, and it's been a battle, it's not easy, but with God's help it can be done. If you need prayer this coming week to begin or continue or get back to a hungering more for God's Word and getting in God's Word, I just pray, fathers, our heads are bowed. If anyone needs prayer, Lord, would you just raise your hand and I will pray for you. Yes, yes, Lord bless you, Lord bless you. Father God, we all fall short, but praise God, Jesus died on the cross for us that we could be saved, that we have the desire now to hunger for your word, not only read it, but study it, meditate upon it, live by it. We can't do it on our own, Lord. We're feeble. We fall short. But Father, with the strength of the Holy Spirit, we know can be done because you've commanded us to. You've given us the tools. Father, just help us to do it. I pray for all of us, Lord. Help us to be more hungry for your word on a daily basis. Help us to count each day as a gift because it is. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and will do. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.